Okay, so today we're going to catch up with Steve Coleman, uh, a local author extraordinaire. And uh, so thanks for joining us, Steve. My absolute pleasure. Great to catch up again. So, Steve, just to help some of the um, emerging authors, can you give us a little bit of a, a background in where you're at with your uh, writing history at the moment? Uh, I started writing um, from a very early age and I've just got these great stacks of notes. It didn't get serious until I committed to doing a children's book um, for my grandchildren. Uh, so where I am now is from that point in 2013 for the first children's book, which was The Bees Needs. Uh, we've since got um, six books out and a seventh one on the way. I got the bug. First one was such a buzz. I thought, yeah, this is just good fun. Um, but it's also entertaining other people and, and it's also educating little kids. Yeah. So I, I won't stop. I've, I've got folders of ideas and stories that are pretty well ready to go. Yeah. I was lucky enough to collaborate with you on your The Cat's Whisker, which was hilarious. Um, and um, you recently um, put out your uh, latest book, which was the... Uh, Rodney the Unicorn Fish Who Lost His Way, which is pretty epic. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, based on that, so let's start off with how did you um, come up with your ideas? All right, I'll use Rodney as an example, and it's just one way. I was down at the Great Barrier Reef, Reef HQ Aquarium with two of my nieces, and we were looking in the aquarium, and these unicorn fish were there, and was the inevitable question was asked, well, why have they got that unicorn? I didn't know. They didn't know. And I said, all right, well, I'll write you a story um, and, and explain why they've got that um, unicorn, that horn out front there. So that was a commitment, and I'm a man of my word, so I, I actually did that. Um, and in spite of research on life cycles and evolution, I still don't know why they've got that unicorn out. Uh, so that gave me pretty free reign to make something up that was, you know, entertaining, um, that made sense in a fictional way and, and also carry a message. So the message is in the characters there. So that was a simple visit to the aquarium. The other books, um, The Cat's Whisker, a totally different scenario. The Bee's Knees was out. I sent it to um, my daughter's um, partner's family and this little guy loved it. And on the back, it said, um, the Bee's Knees, along with the Ants Pants, is part of a series, including the Cat's Whisker. And he said, oh, where can I get the Cat's Whisker? Uh, so I said, oh, well, it's, it, it's not out yet, but I'll, I'll write it for you and I'll have it to you for your birthday. And I should have asked when his birthday was uh, before. And it gave us seven to nine weeks, I think, to go from nothing to the book that you so brilliantly and, and, and efficiently illustrated. So, so it was a promise. It was a challenge. And I work pretty well under pressure sometimes, especially where creative writing goes. And so that's another story. And all the other books have got different. Yeah, so there's different. You've got different avenues for coming up with your ideas, um, and that that leads into the next question. You were talking about challenges, and that. So, as a regional author, you know specifically, what are some of the greatest challenges you find? 
as being an author of children's books? Um, at the start, I knew nothing. And so it became a, a learning process. I would commit to, oh, I committed to doing that. The bee's knees, the first one. So then the question, you know, why am I doing that? It was for my grandchildren uh, and other kids. And then how am I going to do it? So uh, just researching, um, asking other authors that I knew, uh, checking out the internet uh, and, and who actually, you know, would do that job. And that yeah. led me to uh, the, um, you know, self-published um, companies. And so the first three books went through a self-publishing company. Um, and of course, it doesn't always go according to plan. Never does. I just ask more questions uh, and did more research, talked to more people. And so eventually, um, you know, got to the stage where I was doing pretty much everything myself. So it was the lack of, well, just having to find out answers to questions that I had no clue, actually, uh, and then taking it from there. But having made that commitment to get this out no matter what. So that, that was the, the big challenge as far as a self-published author. As far as writing goes, um, I guess making time and, and the editing uh, and knowing when to stop fiddling. <laughs> you know, it's like laying tiles. You get to a point where you must stop, otherwise you're just playing around with it and, and you're doing more damage than, than good. It's knowing where that point is and usually that's uh, up to some other ruthless um, critic. Yeah, I often find as well, sometimes it's important to have the manuscript put aside for a good period of time. I know a lot of us work under a constraint of trying to get something done in a fixed period of time, but it's often good to put the manuscript away and forget about it and work on something else and then come back and revisit it, you know, three, six, 12 months down the track if you've got that luxury. And then you're looking at it with fresh pair of eyes and it gives you that much um, cleaner start point to do another revision, another edit. To just to tweak it to get it to that perfect point. Absolutely. I'll, I'll sleep on things. I'll, I don't generally leave them for 12 months, but I might leave them for anything from a few days to, you know, a couple of weeks, just depending on what the actual um, state of play is where I am with the book. Um, and uh, you're right. You read through it and cripes, you know, did I write that stuff? Wow, that was, that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's just a fresh pair of eyes on editing. And as I said, I have a, a ruthless um, editor critique benevolently. And in, in, in my wife, Heather, she's very good. Yeah. And if it gets past her, you know, that's usually a good sign. One of the other um, issues that gets raised a lot, and I, I'm an author illustrator, so it doesn't really affect me as much. Um, but one of the uh, issues is from a writer who just wants to write a story, um, where do you go about getting or how do you go about sourcing your illustrations for your book? The um, first question that I ask anybody who says, you know, I've got a book, I want to write it, I ask them why do they want to do that because that defines their readers and often that's a little bit of a grey area, even with myself, this great idea, well, who's going to read this? So that's a starting point and from there uh, things like the style um, you know the level of language um, and even the physical presentation of the book 
uh, start to sort of take shape just from knowing the answer to that question. So when it comes to choosing illustrators, um, I have the story and I've, I've always been interested in art, especially local artists. I find artists, you know, really interesting. Zanny, um, excruciatingly <laughs> difficult people sometimes to, to understand, but I keep an eye on it and often uh, I'll see some work of an artist and think, wow, that would fit that story. Yeah. That's generally how it's gone. Now, they may not be illustrators. They just, um, they just may be hobby artists, um, but that makes it even more exciting. If they're agreeable to, you know, bite the bullet and, and have a go, um, I, I really am right in there because there's so, such interesting people to work with uh, and it stretches them out as well. Um, and certainly me and, and I've made some great friends through, you know, just doing things that way. Yeah. I did, did look at going down the, you know, search, searching out a professional illustrator um, and, and that's fine too. But for my lifestyle and what I wanted to achieve uh, and, and who I wanted to get the books to, um, I just chose this way and I really enjoy that and I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing that. No, that's excellent. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Just one more question before you go. Is any nuggets or any piece of advice that you would give to uh, an, an up-and-coming emerging writer? Absolutely. If you love writing, just keep writing. And um, I mean, I don't throw anything away, even if I think it's CRAP. Uh, it, it has a place. And very often down the track, maybe in a few months, a few years, even a decade later, it's, it's important. Everything that you write has got a place and it all adds to, you know, the, the future of your life. So just keep writing and, and keep being creative uh, and, and believe in yourself, you know, yeah. because it, it's the passion that sells, tells the story. It's the passion that sells the story. Uh, and it's, it's just a very positive environment to work in for you, readers, illustrators, and all the other people involved. That's my all right. Thanks for your time today, Steve, um, and looking forward to your next project. My absolute pleasure. It's, uh, I, won't, I won't spill the beans, but uh, it's looking exciting. All right, buddy. We'll chat Take again care. soon. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. See you, mate.